What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Friday, December 3rd, and we're just doing a podcast. So if you guys were looking for us live on Friday, we did not go live. Matt is spending some time with his family, you know, taking a little bit of a much-needed break, um, and Dennis is as well. So I am doing this audio version only, uh, but Matt will be joining us here for a little bit to recap some of the games uh, before he gets here. I will recap, I'm sorry, preview some of the Week 13 games. I will recap the game Thursday night between the Dallas Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints. But before that, I would like to say we are proud to be a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at PigskinPodNet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN, where we are, again, thrilled to be a part of this great network. A ton of other great podcasts on there as well, not just football, not just fantasy football, baseball, soccer, hockey, even wrestling. They've got it all, so check that out for all of your sporting needs. Uh, and I'm going to jump right into it and, and recap the game where the Dallas Cowboys get the win 27 7-2-17 over the New Orleans Saints. On the Cowboys side here, I mean, Dak, you know, continuing to be good, not great. And again, I don't know how much of that is the calf injury or anything still bothering him, but he does get 238 yards of touchdown and interception in this one. Tony Pollard, big day, big day uh, with Zeke. I mean, Zeke still ends up getting 13 carries in this one. I think the biggest thing is he just gets the two catches. We've seen him get a lot of catches uh, in the recent past or the past couple games here and, and, and some touchdowns, which have kind of buoyed his fantasy value. No touchdowns, just 47 yards altogether for Zeke. But Tony Pollard, seven runs and a touchdown in this one. Uh, the biggest one coming on the 58-yard touchdown run. So so good for Pollard. If you started him because uh, you were a little worried about Zeke, he came through for you. And CeeDee Lamb, while you know he does... Um, doesn't get a touchdown, does get 89 yards on seven catches on 13 targets. By far the most targeted player in this game. If you were like me and you started Amari Cooper, that kind of hurt. Uh, he does get his, he does catch all of his targets, which was two, but only for 41 yards. On the Saints side here, Taysom Hill. 264 through the air with two touchdowns, does throw four interceptions, does also add in though 101 yards on the ground, 27 fantasy points for most uh, most places. Again, that is exactly why we were talking about him so much on Wednesday. He He's definitely a high-end fantasy option because of what he can do with his legs. The, the heel really did not seem to be bothering him, so um, I'm, I'm really kind of interested to see if that continues. Uh, but you know, the hand also is a big thing that, that's being reported now that he may have torn a tendon in his hand, I believe is something close to what Russell Wilson did. So will he need surgery? He seemed to be able to work his way through it last night. Let's hope that continues. Cause you know, for fantasy, at least he, he's going to be uh, a really great play uh, as for actual NFL purposes, you know, did not look great out there again with the four interceptions. Overall, you know, a very interesting game. Uh, the Cowboys get back on track here. Big win for them moving toward the playoffs. You know, I, I don't know that we can take much away from the wide receiver core for the Saints outside of they just need to revamp this entire wide receiver core. You know, um, you know, Smith was um, the the one that I thought might end up having a good game here. Traquan Smith, uh, he did just he was open and got missed on a touchdown in this one by Hill. Uh, but Deontay Harris gets 96 yards and a touchdown, and so does uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey out of Texas, actually, uh, 49 yards and a touchdown. So, not taking much away from those guys. Just need to revamp that core. We'll see what happens with Michael Thomas. 
All right, and Matt is now here with me. So uh, with the Thursday night recap done, we are going to jump in and talk about the rest of the Week 13 slate of football games. And we're going to start with the 8-3 and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the 5-6 and six Atlanta Falcons. Matt Brown is out. Um, maybe we should have seen this coming with, with uh, the news of, about what was going on beforehand. So he's going to be out for three weeks now. Uh, we know that to be a fact. What do you think this means for Gronk, Evans, and Godwin? Yeah, and he was at least probably going to be out two weeks anyway with the ankle, so maybe a little bit of a mixed blessing. I, I thought Gronk looked really good last week. I love Godwin and Evans. If anything, for fantasy owners, it might just clarify things. Uh, you know, when Antonio Brown's out there, it's like they have an embarrassment of riches. Now I feel like it's Fournette, those two receivers. I, I'm pretty high on um, Godwin and Evans this week, and then Gronk's killing it at tight end. Yeah, as someone who has a lot of shares of Gronk, especially in uh, Scott Fishbowl, which I would love to get a big win this week, uh, I don't hate it because I also don't have any shares of Antonio Brown anywhere. And I think that really helps out Gronk. Those who already have a great connection uh, in Brady and Gronk, and I think Antonio Brown being out might give him a little bit more work. Um, it is a tough matchup, but do we still feel confident for Cordero Patterson against the Bucks? Yeah, I still had him, you know, we did our rankings on Wednesday. I still have him just inside my top 12. What he's done this year, you just can't bet against him. He seems to be the whole offense for Atlanta. And we've seen uh, running backs be able to get some things going against them. He's big in the passing game, which I think will help him. You know, there's no Hayden Hurst. Their receivers are kind of iffy. A lot of the coverage is going to draw to Pitts. I actually think it might be a decent game for Pitts, too. It's not a, a incredible Tampa Bay secondary. It might be better for those guys. If Cordero Patterson was somebody you were relying on just to take 20 carries and go up the middle, I wouldn't be bullish, but I think he's going to be fine. Yeah, what he does in the receiving game is kind of what I think buoys his, his floor, even when he is, as we just mentioned, a tough matchup against a good run defense. He's going to likely get a lot of catches, especially we know Ridley likely out the rest of the year um, taking care of his mental health. So uh, I think it's just wheels up for Patterson. I'm with you. I, I don't know that I will have him outside of my top 12 at any point for the remainder of the of the playoffs in the last week of the, the regular season for fantasy because he, he has just been a rock star. Pitts is going to be interesting. I, I did not have him that high in my tight end rankings, but uh, I mean, he definitely has the talent to, to be a guy that you start every single week. And, and I'm with you. It is not necessarily that bad of a matchup for him. So I'll be very curious to see if he does it because realistically, I think he's still like the best receiving option on that team. So is that kind of where the Bucks defense goes to try and slow down that that passing attack? Um, I'm gonna take the Bucks. I don't. I don't think Atlanta has a shot. They, they've been yeah. better this year than I thought, being at five and six. But I'm taking the Buccaneers. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Buccaneers too. And as oh, I'm sorry. I thought Dennis had his picks in here, but he did not. So as is Dennis, though, I think clean sweep. I'm pretty sure. I feel fr fairly safe yeah. saying he would take the Bucks here as well. The nine and two Arizona Cardinals are at the four and seven Chicago Bears. What do we expect from Kyler Murray? And and you know what? Let's throw DeAndre Hopkins in there yeah. as well. What do we expect from Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins in their first game back? Yeah, and they've had a little bit of time to rest. They're both still uh, listed as questionable and haven't have been. It's said limited in practice. I think they're just protecting him more than anything. I'm hoping uh, I, there'll probably be some rust. You know, we've seen these guys. We thought, oh, they missed time. It'll be no big deal. They'll just roll back in. 
there, there's going to be a little bit of rust. That being said, I, I expect Kyler Murray is going to finish in the top 12 for quarterbacks this week. I think DeAndre Hopkins at least wide receiver too. I think there's a chance, like you said, that they try to feature him and he bumps up a little bit, gets into that top 12 range. But I expect them to play well. I think it'll be better for James Conner too. I think Arizona wants to come out strong, and they're in a great position to take that one seed. They just got to keep winning. Yeah, and I mean, I think the biggest thing that has helped them is that defense. That was something we had big questions about last year um, and something I've mentioned a lot this year. I feel like they really struggled in the back half last year because Murray got hurt and they could never really allow him the, the time to heal up a little bit because they were so close in that race. He just got what, three weeks, three games, and then a bye week, yeah. so four weeks off. Hopefully he is going to be good to go. Yeah, I, I expect him and DeAndre Hopkins to go out there and have a – I should say, I expect Murray to have a better game than Hopkins. The Chicago still has a fairly decent secondary, so maybe Hopkins is limited a little bit, but I think Kyler's probably going to target him a lot. The fact that both of them are going to be out there. On the Bears' side, though, David Montgomery is getting more work, but is he still a top 20 option? I mean, I think you got to rank him in there. You got to hope for at least a running back to – the concern when he came out of injury was, was he going to do a lot of splits with Khalil Herbert because of what we saw? That is no longer the concern. The concern is, is the Bears offense good enough to really sustain a lot of pieces for fantasy? We don't know if Fields is going to be back. He practiced in limited fashion. Deon, uh, Allen Robinson probably not going to be in there. They don't have a huge passing game. They sort of gave him carries last week, but it, it wasn't a huge performance it feels like he's capped kind of in that 10 to 15 point range. Yeah, I'm with you, which is a little bit disappointing because again, we thought that he was going to be there because of how good Khalil Herbert was. And now Herbert's really not factoring into that. And yet he's still not, I will say after this game though, the bears do have a very favorable schedule, especially when it comes for, when it comes to David Montgomery and the running back matchup. So, Montgomery could be a playoff winner for you and again not, this year. They're not totally out of it. Yeah. Even yeah, at he, four he, and seven, you could end up backdooring into that. I was hoping the Bears made the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting to watch them down the stretch. And, and like I said, very, very, I don't want to say soft, but a it's a like it's one of those matchups when you look at it, you're like, I'm so glad I have David Montgomery on my team because he, he's likely going to pile on the points like he did last year. Uh, with that being said, and I do think this – can be a fairly close game, but I'm taking the Cardinals to win. Yeah, I think the Cardinals need need a good win to establish themselves. The the probably the game of the day, at least in my opinion, I'm pretty sure you agree with that. We we talked a lot about it with how many of these guys we had high up in our rankings. The six and five Los Angeles Chargers at the seven and four Cincinnati Bengals. What do the Chargers need to do here to get a win? They're going to need their defense to step up a little bit better than what they've done. But really, offensively, they need to avoid crucial mistakes. I think we've seen in some of these games that have slipped away, the game against Dallas, the game last week against Denver, some of the other games that have slipped away, it's been a couple of learning curve mistakes that Herbert has made, that the offense has made, that has given other teams chances that has prevented them from being able to win. Cincinnati's got a very good offense. They have a pretty good defense. You're going to have to be on your game, and we're going to need to see some of more like how they played against the Chiefs when they were able to pull that out. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of that's going to be the offense clicking. And we've seen Herbert has struggled a little bit here. Keenan Allen, I, was, I believe, was a little bit banged up last week. Uh, he's still a little bit injured here. They're going to really have to rely on him and Eckler. Uh, you know, Mike Williams has kind of taken a backseat after his hot start earlier in the season. Can Jared Cook or Donald Parham step up in this one? Because I do expect it to be a shootout. Uh, but it's uh, it really, realistically, is all going to come down to Herbert. Because Eckler, I think, will be able to get his, but can Herbert come back and play like the guy he was earlier in the season, and it will really provide a lot for this offense. On the Bengals' side, how do we feel about the passing game and the pieces in that game? Yeah, I have I like both Chase and T. Higgins this week. Um, I have them both uh, decently high up. You know, Chase, I think, is just a great talent. T. Higgins has fit in really well. Early in the season, I was excited about what we were seeing from C.J. Uzama, but it feels like that's back to really hit or miss. I know you weren't on that train as much as I was. So I feel pretty comfortable playing both those receivers and Joe Mixon. Yeah, I think Mixon's, Mixon's locked in, I think, every week, especially with what he's been doing. I think this is going to be another T. Higgins game. I really think defenses, because of how good Jamar Chase was earlier this year, trying to key in on him. Um, and I think the Chargers are going to do the same here. And I, I their defense is much more beatable against the run. Uh, so I do think that we're going to see a lot more mixing than anything else. I still think Jamar Chase gets his. I think I had him at 15 when I finished up my ranking. So I still think he's going to have a good game. But Higgins, I think, is going to be in for a good one as well, especially if they're able to, to lock up Chase a little bit here. This is going to be the interesting one. I'm I'm taking the Chargers. I picked them to make the playoffs, and I think they need to get a big win here. And it is a big win because they're both they're sitting at six and five, and the Bengals seven and four. Bengals have realistically looked like one of the better teams in the AFC all year long. Yeah, I, I like both teams, which is unfortunate, but I'm going with the Bengals. All right, that's, that's I cannot wait for that game. It's going to be such a good game. The five and six Minnesota Vikings at the O ten and one Detroit Lions. How do we feel about Alexander Madison stepping in for Dalvin Cook? Well, the first thing, unfortunately, we're going to have to watch is make sure Cook doesn't play, even though reports are he has a separated shoulder and he's not practicing like Zimmer. Still refuses to rule him out, which always gives me a moment of pause. But I think if he's out, we've seen Madison fill in pretty well a couple times before. I had Madison ranked up in my top 12 this week. Detroit played pretty well on Thanksgiving Day. They've had some better defensive performances, but I think Madison gets involved in the passing game and in the running game, and I think Minnesota's just a better team. Yeah, I mean, I think they're – nah. I, I was going to say I think they can be kind of close, but, I mean, Minnesota's definitely the better team right now, and I'm with you, Madison. I had him in my top 12. Uh, Detroit can be run on. We've seen him step in uh, for Cook, and I, I just don't see any way Cook plays. I really don't. So I'm, even though I know he he should just rule him out, I don't know if it's like a supposed you know quote unquote gamemanship or whatever to try yeah. and uh, Mike know, Zimmer oh, playing Mike, Mike Zimmer playing. games. Yeah, so yeah, he's he's playing them all by himself. But uh, <laughs> on the Detroit Lions side here, any confidence in playing Josh Reynolds this week? You know, I think. Uh, because of his history with Goff, um, we should have taken that into account. He might actually uh, end up being a good security blanket role there. Um, DeAndre Swift is another one that hasn't been a hundred percent rule that I'm not expecting him to play. Jamal Williams does a decent job carrying the load, but he's not quite as dynamic. So I think they will try to use the passing game a little bit more. That being said, that's a deep league flex option for me. I'm not sure I'm completely confident on any Detroit receiver week to week just yet. Yeah, uh, I, just to like stretch it out a little bit, it would be 
TJ Hawkinson as a receiving option. That is it. He, he's the only one, especially now with Swift being out. Uh, I do think you can play Jamal Williams. I'm going to be very curious and, and do not play him, but I'm, I'm going to be very curious to see what Jamar Jefferson does in this game. And the two times he's been able to get into the games, he's played well. I I'm ranked him this week. We only are going so 50 I, deep. I put him at 50. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I had him at 47 just because, but I also like a, a, a man crush on him. I think he's a really good running back. So I, I but I did rank him as well. I'm, I'm very curious to see what he does. Had a good touchdown last time before he got a little bit of an injury. Uh, but yeah, I'm, ta- I'm taking the Vikings here. I think that they overall are the better team, not by much, but they are the better team. I am also going to take the Vikings. All right, that puts us at the four and seven New York Giants at the five and seven Miami Dolphins. Heck of a slate this week. Heck of a slate. Not even that. Like I was, I was thinking about this earlier today, and I know you guys necessarily weren't. I was riding off the Miami Dolphins like no shot. They're kind of back in it, and they've been playing really good too. They pretty much have to win out though i mean they've already won four in a row they'd have to probably yeah. win out because they they took starting out one and seven considering that there's still 12 teams at 500 or better in the afc that's still a tough road but you are right you can't complete they're not dead i wouldn't doubt them winning out i really wouldn't they they've played really they've surprised me even tua tua has played really well too don't they still have games with like buffalo and new england I will look really quick because I know, like, because I picked their defense they, up this week. They barely beat New England the first time. They probably shouldn't yeah. have won that opening day game, barely clipped them. But, you know, New England hadn't rounded into shape. It's just tough for me to imagine them. They resting. do not. They've already played them all. They have played, so they lost to the Bills 35 to nothing the first time and then 26 to 11. So they're not winning the division. Where yeah. was their second game against the Patriots? Uh, I'm not seeing it on here, but they don't have them. Oh, I'm sorry. They do. Their last game of the season is the Patriots. I'm sorry. They yeah. have, I mean, Jets, Saints, Titans. I just feel like in the AFC, you're going to have to get to at least 10 wins the way it's going. We thought you'd have to be at least nine, yeah. but I think the AFC, you're going to have to be at least 10, possibly 11 because of where everybody's at right now. So, I mean, if they, so as you mentioned, if they went out, they'll, they'll be at 10. Yeah. I mean, it could come down to that Patriots game, that last game of the season mm-hmm. where I think the Patriots will probably be in at that point. Cause I don't see them yeah. losing many games either, but again, I mean, Giants, but they could be fighting for game. seating and stuff yeah. like that because the, the, the great thing about when they change to seven is you only have the one team on a buy. I think it means even those teams that have won divisions still have stuff to play for. Yeah. Yeah, it's just they're a very intriguing team for me. Because like I said, I think each one of those games, the only game I look at that I'm like is probably going to be tough for them would be the Saints, especially if Taysom Hill is able to turn around this offense. The rest of them, I think, are easily winnable games. If Miami was in the NFC, I'd say they're going in. Yeah. Uh, just because they have momentum and they're in that sweet spot. It's the argument we make for a Washington football team right now. Yeah. All right, so enough enough talking about Miami here. On to the Giants with Daniel Jones likely out. Um, as at least at the time of us recording this, they, they have not ruled him out, but it looks like it's going to be Mike Glennon. Uh, what do you think this does for Saquon Barkley? I think they're going to have to lean on him. They're still in week two of trying to determine how this offense changes with Freddie Kitchens. I still have a lot of questions about their 
use of wide receivers, which isn't going to get solved if they have Mike Glennon out there. But I think they need to try to establish some running game. It's not an incredible matchup, but I still believe in Barkley's talent. And I think Glennon's going to dump off to him. Yeah, I think he could be in for a major game. I expect him to get behind in this one, and possibly what he can do in the receiving game is likely what's going to be the savior for him. So I don't know how well he's going to be able to run the ball against Miami. Uh, what are we doing, though, with Miami's backfield in this matchup? I like Philip Lindsay. I know you love Philip Lindsay. I was encouraged by the usage last week. I hope this ends up being a good opportunity for him, but – that being said, for the time being, I still have Miles Gaskin as the low-end RB2. They seem to be giving him volume, and he seems to be getting touchdown looks, and you just can't shy away from that. I'm with you. I hope Phillip wins. I mean, he got, what, 11 touches in his first game, but it was it was 12. mostly 12, but it, a lot of it I know, or some of it at least, was is kind of in the second half when the game was kind mm-hmm. of out of hand. Very curious to see what happens if they continue to feed Gaskin the ball because – Earlier in the season, it did not seem like they wanted to feed Gaskin the ball. So I'm going to be very curious to see if Philip Lindsay can can kind of get a little bit more. He might even be a guy that if you've got a, a player that if you've got room to stash someone, I might stash him now because if he ends up having a couple good games, he might be like a low-end RB2 or high-end RB3 like flex play that you can play throughout the playoffs. Uh, I, with that all being said, I was just talking about how I think Miami can make the playoffs. So I'm going to take them to win this game because if they don't, they've got no shot. I'm also taking the Dolphins. The five and seven Philadelphia Eagles at the three and eight New York Jets. Jalen Hurts struggled last week and he is still getting in limited practices with his ankle. Are there any concerns for you with Hurts this week? I think he's going to play and I still have him up in the top five. I know that the Jets defense you know, they, they're trying to improve and Saul is trying to build something there. They ain't there yet. So I, I still think it's going to be a good game for him. Yeah. Especially because of what he can do. Well, here's the thing. I hope he can do with his legs. If his ankles really bothering him that much. He ran for 77 last week. So yeah, I know, but I'm just, I, I don't know. I worry like even the Taysom Hill thing where now they're coming out and saying, no, Taysom, you know, Taysom Hill is fine. He, his heel and everything is going to be fine. But before the game, I'm thinking, how much is he going to run and how much do I want to trust him? It's the same thing here with Hurts. Like an ankle, it could be like one wrong twist, one wrong cut, and then he could be coming out and they're putting Gardner Minshew in, especially if he's going to be running a lot. So I'm going to have a really good game. I had him, I think, top seven. My QB ranking, so I but I don't know that he passes a lot on that defense either. The Jets still do have a very good secondary. Elijah Moore got some targets last week, uh, but you know I talked a lot about it with the return of Zach Wilson. I, I thought he was going to struggle. Is he still a top twenty-five option though for you? I have him exactly at twenty-five this week. I'm still a believer. I don't think Corey Davis comes back and takes a lot. Um, Philadelphia is not a great team but they're not a terrible team but they more had me scared really scared for a lot of that game but they went to him late in the clutch he ended up getting some receptions and yardage and you just got to hope that continues yeah i mean all kidding aside i mean zach wilson is the future of the jets and they're those two are going to start getting connected eventually uh it does suck obviously if you have elijah moore and just seeing the fact that joe flacco Mike White and whomever the other quarterback was that filled in when White was hurt. I can't even remember. Josh anymore. Johnson. 
Josh Johnson, all were able to connect with him, and yet he can't. But I, I do think it's coming eventually. Uh, may not be this week uh, because I do think Philly's defense is very good, as we, we've talked about the past couple episodes with them. Well, that loss last week hurt him, but them working themselves back into the possible playoff uh, conversation. Uh, but I, I think Elijah Moore is still going to be a top 25 option. I'm taking the Eagles, though, to win the game. I am also taking the Eagles. That brings us to the 6-6 six and six Indianapolis Colts at the 2-9 and nine Houston Texans. It was a big game last week for Jack Doyle. Are we believing in him? No, not not for me. I st- he's tight end 22 on the year. He's he, Last week was his season high in receptions and yardage. He's dealing with a little bit of a knee injury this week. He showed up on the practice report, never a great sign. I need to see more. I mean, they've used Mo Cox. They used Kylan Granson last week. I don't think there is a super consistent locked-in role for him. Yeah, I'm kind of – I'm kind of with you there. And and with the way that I think this game is going to go, I think it's just going to be like a massive Jonathan Taylor game. So I don't know uh, that he's going to have much. And where he kind of succeeded in the past was a lot of that red zone work. I think Michael Pittman not only has taken over as the one altogether, but is the better red zone option as well. So I'm not believing in Jack Doyle unless you are just absolutely desperate at tight end. Is there any interest in the Texans backfield? Yeah, so David Johnson now has an illness and a, some kind of thigh bruise. He was not a practicer today. Neither was Brandon Cook, so it may end up being that there is no Texans you want to play. But in the last three weeks since they clarified that backfield down to David Johnson and Rex Burkhead, Johnson is RB37, Burkhead is RB41. In a week as crucial as week 13, if you're still alive trying to make the playoffs, I hope you have better options. Yeah, 100%. I, I mean – I'm sort of interested in Rex Burkhead, like sort yeah. of interested because of Burkhead's the, the one that I would yeah. play if I had to. I mean, and there, there actually is one place of desperation, probably two places now that freaking I don't have Alvin Kamara, where it's going to be Rexy. But you just have to hope you have better options. I, I am in the same situation where I've got Aaron Jones obviously possibly out and then uh, Nick Chubb on a bye. Well, so Aaron Jones is on a bye. So Oh, that's right. He is on a bye. I, I just remember moving them both out of my lineup and plugging in Rexington Burkhead as the RB2 this yeah. week. So Oh, no, that's right. I, I'm sorry. Wrong team. It's DeAndre Swift that is out that I also yeah. had to pull. I had to pull him and Chubb uh, and it, it slide in good old Rexington Burkhead and Damian Harris. So I'm feeling really great about my chances to pull off a win this week, losing those two guys. You'll probably get five points at the running back. Combined. Oh yeah, no, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping for seven realistically. Like I'm trying to add up where I can get the rest of the points. If I can just get seven out of my two running backs. <sighs> that being said, I actually, I think, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to put it on the record right now. Cause Houston's going to be down. I think Burkhead gets double digit points this week. Maybe I'm just speaking it into existence, but I think it's possible. Uh, and I'm taking the Colts though to win this game fairly easily. I'm picking the Colts as well, and I wouldn't be shocked if Burkhead and PPR gets to ten points. Just that's all. I, you know what? If he, I will be very happy because I'm not even expecting that. 
Well, football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. If so, please don't watch the Texans. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you're a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Sports Fantasy Contests. DraftKings is also giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Only a couple more games left for Week 13 here. We're going to kick it off now with the 5-6 and six Washington football team at the 6-5 and five Las Vegas Raiders. What do you like for Washington aside from Gibson and McLaurin? Yeah, I think uh, I liked what we saw from Logan Thomas. He uh, squeaked up into the top 12 again for me at tight end. Uh, J.D. McKissick, you know, when you're in that, I might have to play Rex Burkhead range. McKissick gets some gets some work. He, he could be a, a viable option. I want to see what Curtis Samuel does in the system before I trust playing him, um, but I was happy to see him get back. And lastly, I think Taylor Heineke, given the field, is a low-end super flex option for me. Yeah, I, I actually would feel perfectly fine playing uh, Heineke. He, he's been good. You know, we've t- I've talked a lot about it recently. We've discussed, you know, he's he's kind of played well enough to possibly, you know, they sign him for two years, maybe even get the shot to be the starter next year. Maybe they draft like a low-end guy in the second round or something. But I, I do I feel good playing him as well, along with Gibson and McLaurin. I feel a little bit more hesitant about McKissick, but as you just mentioned, I mean, hell, I just said I'm starting Rex Burkhead in two places, so McKissick may not be your worst option. <laughs> Uh, is Hunter Renfro becoming a top 24 play at wide receiver? He is indeed. I, I ranked him in the top 24 this week. I feel like he's everything we hoped Brian Edwards would be. He just outside. I think I have him at 27. Uh, but yeah, I would not be surprised if he does, especially now with Waller being out. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I, I ranked uh, Foster Moreau up into my, I ended up putting him at 13. But yeah, I right. have him. Okay, yeah, so I, I think that he can have a decent game here, but clearly Carr just does not want to pass the ball uh, to Brian Edwards, so it, it's likely going to be just feed, feed, feed. Um, my God, his name just jumped in. Hunter Renfro, and yeah. even more concerning, Josh Jacobs getting put on the injury report with an ankle injury this late into the week. I mean, we have to watch to see if he ends up practicing Friday, so definitely watch out for that. But that could mean him possibly being out, and I don't know how much they want to rely on Kenyon Drake either because I do think this is going to be a good game. I'm really torn here because I want to go Raiders because I want them to get back into the playoff race, but I kind of want Washington to as well. So since you're going Raiders, I'm going to go Washington so that like I'll be happy either way. If I am taking the fighting Derek Carr's. Or an All right. Dennis, the fighting David Cars. Yeah, there we go. The two and nine Jacksonville Jaguars are at the seven and four Los Angeles Rams. Aside from James Robinson, are you playing any other Jaguar? 
I'm not. And I've even mentioned this before the last couple of weeks. I am even a little lower on James Robinson. Just this Jacksonville offense is not incredibly functional and they have not been really consistent with their targets for things. Dan Arnold gone four to six weeks. He seemed like the only kind of bankable option. I'm not sure I believe in any replacements. And if the Rams aren't an angry team this week, they're never going to get there. Yeah, I mean, they need to bounce back in a major way. With that being said, how do you rate the Rams receiving options after Cooper Cup? I actually have Odell Beckham Jr. and Van Jefferson fairly close, um, and I have them both outside my top 30. I have them as low-end wide receiver threes. I know Beckham had some decent plays last week. I just don't think he's quite there with Robert Woods, and I think – Jefferson probably knows the offense a little bit better. I think they're both going to contribute. The one that's been a big disappointment for me is Tyler Higby. I don't, I barely have him in the top 24, even though they lost receivers last week. He only got, he got five targets. He got a single reception for like five yards. He just has not been part of what they're doing. Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't, I don't even know what to think. Although I wasn't that high on Higby earlier. Or no, I was actually. I think I ranked him like in the top 10 like multiple times. He came through for me once. Uh, I'm very interested to see what Odell does in this, though. Uh, had a, a decent gain or decent game last week for fantasy. Most of that coming on the one big play there, though. Does that continue to happen moving forward? I'm taking the Rams here. I, I mean, I hate to say I don't see any shot that they lose, but I guess it is possible, so... I'm going to say it. I don't see any shot they lose because if they do, they might as well not even show up the rest of the season because you don't push all your chips in for the 2021 Super Bowl to come out and lay an egg at home against Jacksonville. The 8-3 and three Baltimore Ravens at the 5-5-1 five, five and one Pittsburgh Steelers. What do we expect from Lamar Jackson in this game? Yeah, he... He's been okay, um, but for a stretch of games, he's been a little bit inconsistent, a little bit banged up. Pittsburgh's defense has been pretty brutal the last couple of weeks, and they aren't going to have T.J. Watt uh, there again. So there is some opportunity. I would like to see, uh, you know, not by no means a, a Baltimore super fan, but they are 8-3. and three. They're the best record in the AFC right now. You would like to see your quarterback uh, developing a little bit of consistency and getting back to some of the way he was playing early in the season when he looked really, really strong. Yeah. Uh, not only that, I like to see Marquise Hollywood Brown bounce back a little bit here too. He's been dealing with the injury. Those two were, they seem to be like locked in on their connection earlier in the year. Andrews has really bounced back. You know, I mentioned, I think it was on the Monday show. I think the biggest thing that's hurt them is just the, the lack of a consistent running game. And, but I don't know that that's going to come in this year. You know, Murray's been beat up, not really playing. And, and I really don't try. I mean, Freeman's been decent at times, but I think it's just hard to rely on those guys. And, when, you know, as you pointed out on the Monday show, Lamar is still their leading carrier. That kind of is going to, I think, end up hurting your team. For Pittsburgh, is there any concern here about Najee Harris? It's a tough matchup, and he's kind of been fading a little bit. Is it maybe, you know, the, the talk everybody always talks about at this point in time, is he hitting that rookie wall because this is kind of like past where the college football season would be at this point? 
Yeah, I don't know if I think he's hitting a rookie ball so much as their defense has been gashed the last few weeks, and they've really had to try to play an up-tempo going down the field. They do better if they can keep it close. Baltimore has played a lot of closer games, so I think that benefits them. I dropped him a couple of spots, but I still think they need to lean on him. They've been at their best when they've been able to run and use him as an outlet receiver, and he's just such a special playmaker. I think he's going to be fine. you got to roll him out there in your lineups. There we go. My thing was not unmuting for some reason. Yeah, there's no way I'm sitting him because of what we saw earlier in the year and how good he was in the receiving game. I think even if he slowed down a little bit rushing the ball, he's still going to get targeted a ton and do a lot in the receiving game. I think he's going to be fine. We've seen a lot of times with some of these rookies, if it is the quote-unquote rookie wall, after like a game or two, they really turn it on. I think he's going to be fine down the stretch um, in the playoffs for you as well. So you're, you're starting him. I had him. We both had him top. Did you have him 10? I think I had him at 11. I think I had him at five. Oh, okay. So you were, well, still, we're both very much in on him being a good running back this week. That being said, I, you know what? I'm going to take the Ravens because I picked him to win the division. I need the Steelers to keep losing for the outside chance that the Browns make the playoffs. I picked the Steelers. I feel like weird things happen in this rivalry, and I like Najee Harris. I do too. He's a very, very good running back. The six and five San Francisco 49ers at the three and eight Seattle Seahawks. How do we feel about Brandon Ayuk? And and you know what? Let's even throw in George Kittle now with Debo being out. Yeah, and I think Kittle was a guy you were playing no matter what. The question has been a little bit about Ayuk because he looked like he was on Kyle Shanahan's uh do not playlist uh for the first half of the season, but he's come back of late with Jimmy G's kind of hot streak uh, that has helped him. He was actually wide receiver 15 over the last three weeks, uh, wide receiver 11 over the last two weeks. And now with Samuel out, I think there's a chance they use him in some of the trick running plays they were giving to Samuel. He's been getting a lion's share of the targets in the passing game already. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in wide receiver one territory. I had him top end wide receiver two. Yeah, I had him, I think, at 16, so pretty much yeah. the same thing, top-end wide receiver, too. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on George Kittle. I think, I mean, he only scored one point last week, so obviously you're hoping he does better than that. And it always has seemed to kind of have been linked to how good Debo has been. Uh, so I think Kittle has a huge game here, and and as does Brandon Ayuk. On Seattle's side here, I mean, do you have any interest in in the Seattle backfield? Now, I have both DJ Dallas and um, Alex Collins ranked, but none of them in the top 25. They haven't been able to establish a running game. Dallas seems like the guy who's getting in there when they're in hurry up, which they might be a fair amount this week. But the Seattle offense has been rough. You basically have just got to be praying that DK Lockett and Wilson return playable value. Yeah, it's it's bad. I mean, Collins, I don't think, has hit double digits since that first game he came out as the starter. You know, Dallas has looked interesting, but I just don't think he's built to be a workhorse running back, so that's probably why they just continue to mix him in. I think they should give him a shot to do something, though, because uh, I think at this point he's bet We know what we have in Alex Collins, and it's just not it. So why not give DJ Dallas and, hell, maybe even Travis Homer some run just to kind of see if you can do anything for this offense. Uh, that being said, I'm taking the San Francisco 49ers to win the game. 
I am as well. Well, you know, the holidays are just around the corner. We're a week past Black Friday, but there's still time for you to get your fantasy football roundtable gear at ViridianGlobal.com. We have snapback hats, trucker hats, T-shirts, three-quarter sleeve raglans, and uh, Dennis's favorite all-time hoodies, all adorned with the Fantasy Football Roundtable logo. Get 10% off Fantasy Football Roundtable gear this week with our Black Friday code, Roundtable. That's uh, at ViridianGlobal.com Collections Fantasy Football Roundtable and use code Roundtable for 10% off. All right. On to the Sunday nights and Monday night football games. We've got the 6-5 Denver Broncos at the 7-4 Kansas City Chiefs with everything in play in this game. What do the Broncos need to do to get a win? Well, seeing as how I'll be coming off, you know, the family funeral and we'll be getting home just in time to watch this game in prime time, I'm really hoping that I see something similar to what they did last week. Um, their defense, when their defense is on and humming, um, it really does a lot of good things for them. Melvin Gordon is iffy to play this game as somebody who has loved what they've seen from Javante Williams. I'm kind of pumped about that. I also think they need a little bit more consistent passing game. They supposedly have gone out and collected all these wide receivers and tight ends and skill position players so that they could keep up with that Kansas City offense. We need to see them keep up with the Kansas City offense. Much like what we talked about with the Chargers against the Bengals, they have to get a couple of turnovers and a couple of big defensive stops and not make any mistakes. Which, I mean, is possible. We have seen Kansas City. I do think they've been better the past couple weeks, but but they've definitely been beatable, and they've been beatable on the ground. Everybody's been able to run on them. I'm going to be very curious to see what Javante can do in this matchup if he does get the run, and and they've honestly been able to be passed on. So what does is, what is Teddy do? You know, we just saw them. Re- was it Cortland Sutton and Patrick both resign yep. just the past couple weeks? So yep. could be a very, very good game. I mean, if Denver wins this, it really does open up not just the AFC West, but again, the entire playoff. Like, there's a shot that Kansas City may be like one of the low end wild card teams. I mean, as Red said in uh, Shawshank Redemption, hope is a dangerous thing. Hope can drive a man insane. That that is very true. And I mean, you know, I'm a Browns fan, so I know all about that. I've, I've secretly gone insane over the past two decades. Any concern about getting the passing game going uh, for the Chiefs against this very good Denver secondary? Yeah, you know, I've seen a lot of people that just say, oh, it's wheels up. Tyree Kill is probably wide receiver one this week. Kelsey's tight end one. They're going to run all. That has not been the case for the Chiefs throughout the season. Denver was able to cave in the Chargers line last week and get significant pressure on Herbert. And that's been a problem for Kansas City a lot this year. I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas City tries to lean on CEH and Williams a little bit more. Uh, and I also think Patrick Sertan ends up covering um Tyreek Hill and he's been very good and very opportunistic he took two balls away from Herbert last last week one of them uh near the end zone and one returned for a touchdown Kyle Fuller is still out there he has not been incredible but he's he's still out there they have a couple of good nickels and I love their safety combination with Simmons and Kareem Jackson and the young safety and Caden Stern so they actually have some secondary weapons uh, to be able to keep this close. I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas City uses the running backs a little more. Yeah, do not be surprised. I know we both ranked Hill up there, but I feel like you kind of have to. I would not Yeah, I dropped him down a little bit. I had him low-end wide receiver one as opposed to, if you know, if they weren't playing a good secondary, he probably would be. Yeah. He's always been top three. Top, yeah. Sertan is 
very fast. Now, he may not be Tyree Kill fast, but he is very fast. He's a very good cornerback. There was a reason he was talked about as the number one cornerback in the draft last year. I would not be surprised if he does not shut downhill in this game. It'll be whether or not those linebackers or whomever is on Travis Kelsey can slow him down. As we've seen if those two guys can be held in check for a little bit. That is when the Kansas City offense struggles. They do get Edwards uh, Hilaire back, as you mentioned, in this one. So it'll be interesting to see if they can get anything going, as you mentioned, in the run game. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ride with you, Matt. I think the Broncos pull the upset. In KC, too, right? Like, that's going to be whew, it's gonna be a big win. Yeah, right. I'm picking the Broncos. I'm just the Monday night it. football game. Yeah, yeah, I kind of figured. You know, I take the Browns every week, even even when I'm not 100 percent sure they're actually. I took the Chargers last week and felt sad about it. Watching, the, I was happy about the outcome of the game, but I was like, gosh yeah. darn. Well, that's a win-win for you either way, right? It's like if whether yeah. you are right, then hey, did good in my pick them. But if you don't, it's like, well, hey, I'm glad I lost because that means the Broncos won. The 8-4 New England Patriots at the 7-4 Buffalo Bills. What do the Patriots do? Or, I'm sorry, what Patriots do you feel comfortable starting? Yeah, I think Mac Jones is a low-end QB, too. Uh, The backfield is one that's been more of a a question. They're really splitting between Harris and Stevenson, and it kind of depends on who ends up getting passes or a touchdown. I still lean toward Harris, but I've definitely dropped him a little bit lower. I have him more in the flex range. I like what Jacoby Myers is doing. I have him kind of in that wide receiver three range. I would like to see Kendrick Bourne do it again before I feel totally confident. He's more of a a flex range option for me. The one that's been a little bit disappointing is Hunter Henry. He had seemed like kind of a solid top 12 option. They've faded away from that a little bit. Um, And so I have him more as a tight end too now. Yeah, I, I would almost feel bad if I had to start Hunter Henry right now. Um, Kendrick Bourne, I think I'm playing in the flex. I mean, he's just oh, a very – candy at me. No. Oh, is she? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. This just went to an X-rated podcast really quick. I'm going to have to <laughs> mark this unsafe for the children. My goodness. Uh, no, I think uh, – I, I actually would be feel, – I'd feel comfortable playing Kendrick Bourne in the flex. He, he's been f- somewhat fairly consistent this season. He, he's – it's weird to say it because I don't think anybody would have ever said this in the history of the NFL. He's the alpha in that room. And Mac Jones distributes the ball very well. I, I would feel comfortable playing him, especially in this game, because I think it's going to be a good game with White being out now with the ACL is at two weeks ago. I think he scored her last week. Yeah, yeah last week was, was Thanksgiving. Yeah, game. Last week, yeah. So with him being out, I don't know how much I love this secondary. The Bills defense has been beatable the past couple of weeks. I mean, how the Jaguars were able to hold them in check and at least put up yards. They didn't ever really score, but they were able to put yards up on them. Uh, I, I think Mac Jones, Mac and Cheese is going to be able to dink and dunk his way to a, a possible win here. And Kendrick Bourne might be the guy who is the recipient. Uh, who do you, how do you feel about the Bills backfield? I think I'm tending toward Moss going to be a healthy scratch again. I think they like what they're getting from Brita. I think they like, um, especially Dennis touched on this when they think they're going to be in close games. I actually ranked Brita the highest this week. I still think Singletary is involved, but I think it's, it's going toward Brita. He's had good success. He's had touchdowns. I think they like the dimension that he gives them. Yeah, I think it's all in on Brita. And at this point, I don't know that we could pick him up. I mean, we talked about him for weeks uh, being on the the, the waiver wire. I've, I've looked in a lot of mine. I'm only in three redrafts, and he's not available in any of those. I'd be surprised if he is. I think 
I still think it's going to be hard to trust him, but I do think he is the guy to have in the backfield. I'll take him Mac Jones. I think they're going to do it. I really do. And that sucks to say it, but I think they're going to pull off the win. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tight. I'm still sticking with Buffalo. They were my Super Bowl pick. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if these guys split and each one wins the home game. Yeah. I would not be surprised with that either. So that does it. That was a quick episode, 45 minutes here, a little bit longer, but, uh, thank you, Matt, for jumping on. So we will be back on Monday to recap everything week 13. I believe Matt, myself and Dennis will all be here for that. So we'll recap. Uh, week 13. Good luck to everybody as we, again, we are two weeks away from the playoffs kicking off. So good luck to everybody. Hopefully you get that big win this week to lock up a playoff spot or to move yourself even closer. And we'll talk to you guys again on Monday.